1: The doctor is in. The
0: question is why? Why is the doctor
1: in, Doctor Bittar? It's a holiday. What are you doing here?
0: Should be kicking me. I got to be there, man. So when you ask me to do something, I don't say, I don't question it. I just say, when you say jump, I say hi. (laughs) Whoa!
1: Wow! That that is so not Doctor Bittar, man. If I told him to jump, you know what he'd tell me to jump. (laughs) <laughs> I won't even
0: go there. <laughs> not and, true, Robert. Not true. It's not true for the people that I love. So that's all right. Oh, oh it's very kind. So now, the,
1: now the love is flowing. Now I feel better about being here on the Labor Day. Now it's, it's a love Labor day. Labor of Love, right? Labor of exactly Love Day. There there labor of
0: Love. Well said, Don.
1: That's what you know. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> why does he want to show up on a, a? You know, he could take the day out. No, he's here. Well, that's all right. No, it's good because he's on a mission. We're on a mission. This is a passion for us, and we we joke about it sometimes on a holiday when we're working. But we this is we we live this. I mean, even when we're off, we're we're still living this. Uh, and it's I guess it's a little different than just a profession.
0: I would totally agree because Confucius said, "Pick a job that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life." Mm.
1: Well, well said, Confucius. So, uh, in in uh, in the last couple of weeks, especially Dr. Bittar, it's not a day that has gone by that we haven't covered the, as we call it, hashtag CDC whistleblower story, and we've watched the the mental gyrations of the mainstream media, the the collectivists and the denialists of vaccine dangers, as well as those who are the defenders of the faith, vaccinology. And yet, still, most of the people are sleeping, yet there are many other parents now that are waking up because of the reality of what has happened here. I wanted to get your sense of, I know you don't watch the news and listen to the news until you're with me on the air, but are you getting a sense? Are people buzzing about this? Are they sending you emails? What's going on out there with you?
0: Well, you're absolutely right. I don't watch the news. And the only source of information that I have literally for what's going on is the show. That's it. Um, and that's usually because you're asking me a question about something, and there's never a preparation, as you know, Robert, and for people probably that listen, they don't know whether we ever do prepare or not. But literally, I walked into my office not even 30 seconds before we went on the air. So I even missed the first half of the introduction, but that's, that's how we flow. Uh, regarding your question specifically on what's the sentiment out there, mm-hmm. I have been having people send me a copy of that, Video from all over, from even different parts of the world, so it's getting out there. As if I don't know what's going on. So they're sending me this information. It's kind of amusing because um, I knew that this was. Well, you know, the you know some of the stuff that's getting ready to happen. But even in sure. Autism One, when Dr. Hooker and I, after you introduced us, you know, he was wearing my sports jacket during part of that interview process. <laughs> yes. That, so that information. There's there's a lot more that's coming right now, and and. I just want to th- let the listeners know right now that they need to remember that the Sundance Film Festival this year, in 2015, this coming year, 2015, will be over on February the first. Sometime after the February first date, there will be a release of a documentary. There's, we don't want to talk about what it is right now. Mm-hmm. We just can say that it'll be after. It has to be after February first because it'll be shown at the film, Sundance Film Festival. We're about 95% certain it's going to be shown there. Um, and then after it's shown, it will be aired on a major network. And then it's going to flow, man. It's going to rock and roll.
1: Yeah, well, this is this is what we're seeing here uh, with this. And I'm glad. That's why I wanted to get a sense if people were sending you stuff and saying, hey, Dr. Batar, check this out. Because in one area, you are more plugged in than most anybody, and that's this particular area, despite the news or, or lack of it out there. And there's a lot more that is being revealed. There's definitely some pushback because we're sensitive to what's going on in the mainstream media. We want to follow it, see how they're reacting, what kind of, let's say, emergency crisis management response they are doing in terms of this. And it's interesting. Here you have the CDC whistleblower, Bill Thompson, going on the record and acknowledging a manipulation of data or removal of data, changing of uh, criterion to participate in the study after the fact. And yet, there's the, the, the so-called science defenders are attacking all of us as if we're making this thing up. I mean, this is really hitting close to home for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that you know, the this is part of that struggle that we've talked about that death struggle. So I think this is just another stake in the heart of the beast. And um, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens because what is very conspicuous is the absence of this. In mainstream media
1: very it's, conspicuous
0: yeah so it's it's too it's too one-sided you see all the people are getting so incredibly uh, excited and you know excited maybe is the wrong word but the, you know the energy mm-hmm. is becoming very very uh, it's accelerating at a rapid pace and people are obviously very upset because the truth is coming out and the awareness is increasing at an exponential rate but You would expect that when you start seeing this type of grassroots interest and awareness increase so quickly that then you would start to see, you know, a splattering even in the beginning of something in mainstream. I haven't heard anything about this in mainstream at all. So it's almost like, it's almost like ron paul running for president you just don't hear about it
1: media. <laughs> right right no it's an interesting it's an apt perspective because the gatekeepers the power structure gatekeepers are literally trying to hold the, the the dam you know a little bit it's like the their finger in the dike and the dike is starting to break in certain areas in many more areas than ever before and it, you know at this time it, it is crisis management for them now you they used to not have to do this it was very easy for them for instance to go after one doctor like Dr. Andrew Wakefield, and successfully discredit him for, you know, over 10 years, 15 years now. And, you know, they're still playing the Wakefield card, even though they exonerated the senior scientist on the very same study, which makes absolutely no sense. There was no wrongdoing in that study. But this is the kind of thing that they're not having as much success with, because what are they going to do, attack uh, Dr. Hooker because his son is injured? Is that enough, or that he was uh, funded by uh, Focus Autism? Which all of these things he acknowledged going into the study that his analysis of the data from the CDC, the raw data, is on the record. There is no right, nothing hidden. Doctor
0: Hooker is not he's not a he's not a physician, so they can't really attack him anymore because he came in this. His expertise in this is in analysis in epidemiology in you know looking at the numbers. He has no expert. I mean, doesn't he have an engineering PhD?
1: Uh, I you know I don't exactly know his PhD, but it is in an in analysis in this way. I mean, he's had so many papers published prior to this. It's not like he's exactly. new on this block, so to speak.
0: Right. So he can't be attacked. They can't attack him because he didn't do any of the research. He just reviewed it. And so if they attacked him, they would be attacking the process through which they got their papers published in the first place. So he is basically unattackable. He doesn't have a clinic per se. He doesn't have a philosophy or a treatment or this and that. So they can't mm-hmm. attack him because he's totally a non-partial, you know, non-biased individual, uh, impartial, non-biased individual, excuse me, who is speaking based upon the facts that he has gathered from data that's already published. So nobody can actually attack him. He's essentially, in my world, unattackable. But then what are you going to do with the whistleblower? There's the problem, because he's the one who's saying everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they can't do anything with that.
1: Well, you're right. Oftentimes, when they try to make a conflict of interest, it's an economic one. Uh, in this case, uh, it's it's not, what are what are his economic benefits to this? There really isn't one. He's not selling a product, as you said. He's not promoting any physician practice per se. He's got a child granted that has been harmed, his perception harmed by vaccinations. That some would like to say, no, that's not possible. It's all because now we're also hearing, oh well, this is all happening prior to birth. This is in, this is uh, in utero, and of course, ignoring the fact that they're promoting so many uh, flu shots to pregnant women with mercury in it, and that as if it has nothing to do with it. It's all genetic.
0: Right, and and they're partially right. It is happening in utero from those vaccines, the maternal amalgam load, all these different things that are done to the mother before the baby is born. So part of that is true because it is increasing the load, but it's all mercury. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing, then why would I have over almost 2,000 kids that we've reversed and worldwide, you know, all these kids that have gone through our treatment program, if it wasn't mercury-related, then, of course, we couldn't have undone this so-called... I mean, how can you undo a genetic disorder? You can't undo a genetic disorder. And that's one reason I've been such an easy target because we have... A philosophy. We have a treatment. We have a clinic. People come here, and so it's. I've always been attacked by that. Which, of course, you know as well as pretty much everybody's come to us. Mm-hmm. I've always said I don't give a crap whether you come here or not. Just right. don't give your kid anything with mercury in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And by the way, yeah, bio biochemical engineering uh, is the uh, Ph.D. degree. Biochemical That's engineering exactly. for Doctor. He's yeah. not
0: a he's not a physician. He's not a, a researcher. He hasn't developed. You know, he, he's bio biochemical engineering. He is basically a non-medical uh, mm-hmm. PhD, non-medical doctorate that nobody can attack now, because he, he's not in that realm, and he's not pretending to be in that realm. He's just right. saying, hey, I know how to read this stuff, I know how to analyze this stuff, and I analyzed it, and no matter how you analyze crap, it's still crap. That's <laughs> basically what he said.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, here's another aspect of the story, too, uh, that's coming out. as people starting to look at the CDC perhaps a little bit differently because as much as they'd like to say this didn't happen, it did. A Ph.D. high-up senior researcher there, uh, Bill Thompson, acknowledged some wrongdoing, and he's, he's upset about what he did evidently, having some conscious pangs. But uh, there's another uh, image that's going around right now. It's wanted by the feds. This guy, Dr. Paul Thorson, who we've talked about here, Dr. Batar, you know about him well. He's authored or co-authored 21 of the 24 studies that the CDC claims that disproves any link between vaccines and autism. Yet the same guy, Thorson, now tops the federal most wanted list for 22 counts of wire fraud and money laundering and faces 260 years in jail. Interpol wants this guy. And they're still evidently sending him money because he keeps feeding the beast with the studies they want and the way they want him to be presented.
0: I I did not know that name, but that name is an important name. So his name is Paul Thorson.
1: Yeah, Paul, P-O-U-L, Paul Forson, and uh, he is, uh, again, it's not just one study, because they, they asked, like, Colleen Boyle from CDC about it. Oh, it's just one study. It's like, no, it's not one study, 21, 24 hey, so, studies. So here's
0: the thing. I, I, wanna, I hate to do this on the air, but, hey, Don, make sure that you remind us before we're done doing one of the breaks, because this information is really important for the stuff that's going to happen after the Sundance film Festival with that documentary, because I did not know this. Yeah. you got to so, make sure it's on there.
1: We will, and I'll send you this image so you can kind of grab it and go with that. But this is the kind Robert, of thing.
0: Robert, the reason I said Don was because you and I, we, you know how many things go through our heads. <laughs> yes, yes. To up he knows. Next
1: time. Well, that's why we have Super Don, to keep us on track here. Uh, even when he's reporting from the uh, Robert Scott Bell Show, Traffic Copter, high up above. How's the how's the weather up there, Super Don?
0: yeah uh,
1: He's looking pretty good, Robert. <laughs> All right, mean, it's advanced. He's in a chopper, is he? <laughs> no, he's not in the chopper. He's down. Advanced Medicine Monday. Diver down, diver down. we got to pick him back up again. Super Don's with us as well. Dr. Batar back after this. If you ever miss an edition of Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Batar, no worries. Many ways to get it through our traditional encores, uh, through podcasts. Of course, uh, GCN has it immediately. Um, Naturalnewsradio.com as well. Stitcher, iTunes. Now we're carried on Epic Times thanks to Jerry Doyle and many others we don't even know. One of the easiest ways to go directly is MedicalRewind.com. MedicalRewind.com. Hundreds of hours there for you to get direct information. From Dr. B, DRB is we occasionally, or TMB sometimes likes to refer to you now, D, DRB. That's your cue, DRB.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I didn't know there was a question. I thought you were making a statement. <laughs> no. He's I think not I'm used to DRB. You can't throw something that, like man. that at him. It's a, it's a, a, t- t- it's a TMB a doctor, thing. I'm a not a DRB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm telling Ty. Yeah, all right. Uh, so uh, as we cover the, the hashtag uh, CDC whistleblower scandal, and, it, and it, it's not the first. It's like the latest straw, perhaps the biggest straw, to break the CDC's back, perhaps. We don't know yet. Uh, but it's certainly causing a lot of consternation within the walls, the hallowed drug and vaccine-infested walls of the Centers for Disease Creation. I mean, control, and uh, you know the fact that this Thorson guy is on the uh, Interpol's most wanted list for embezzling funds from the CDC, and they're still referring to those studies and go, yeah, yeah, they're legit. Never mind, pay no attention to the embezzler behind the curtain.
0: Right. Pretty amazing, huh? Don't don't worry about that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but
0: worry you know, about get... that guy who's studies we've used as a basis to build our flawed network you know we'll use a flawed here's the analogy you build a building on concrete blocks that are defective and you want to build it as high as you can but don't worry about the fact that the foundation is non-existent it's crumbling how can you say that don't worry about that because that's what everything is based on it's going to come crumbling down <laughs>
1: It, it, inevitably, it is. The, the question is how many more children have to be harmed before uh, this, this madness uh, is over. And I, I don't think I have an answer to that any more than anybody does. But I recognize that with each day, with each passing day, that the word keeps getting out and that the moms are not standing quietly, sitting by the sidelines quietly and speaking out, uh, it's making it much more difficult to those, uh, those uh, power structures, if you will, to, to contain this information.
0: Yeah, it is, and uh, it's just going to get harder and harder. And I think that's when you're going to start seeing also more of the uh, that death struggle. You know, there'll be more mm-hmm. uh, discourse, and then there's going to be some lashing out. Now, this, not to change the subject, but this uh, email that you just sent me during the break that yep. talks about the whistleblower with some of the questions of the day that people had posed. And yes. by the way, is this Eric, the pharmacist? That's yeah, our nice. good
1: friend Eric, uh, the pharmacist, yes, he sends that. Okay.
0: Um, so. Yeah, this is. A, I'll let you read the question, but... He actually identifies who the whistleblower is. So is that known who the whistleblower is?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, the William Thompson uh, was made, let's say he was outed uh, uh, last week uh, in the video when they uncensored uh, the uh, the name. And at that point, he went into hiding, sort of. He got a lawyer and made an official statement that acknowledged what Brian Hooker had said. But they're all focusing on the extraneous information in that uh, press release from him through his lawyer that said, oh, he still believes in vaccines and blah, blah, blah. But that was irrelevant. What he acknowledged was, in fact, the wrongdoing. And, and, and you know, that's that's the difficult part for them to PR out of. So they have to distract, they have to throw mud at Hooker and, and bring Wakefield into it as if that changes what uh, Dr. Will Th- William Thompson has said.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty uh, interesting because I did not know that the whistleblower's identity had been released. Um, And you know, probably the severity of the information that was released is probably his greatest insurance policy, because now, Mm -hmm. if somebody were to kind of kick him, you know, if he kicks the bucket, then it directly points towards the CDC, so I think that in itself is probably protection for him. They have a vested interest to make sure he doesn't kick the bucket.
1: Yeah, that was John Rappaport's argument as well, that despite him claiming that he didn't want to be outed, the reality is that he was probably his best safety mechanism because it's not going to be as easy to just get rid of him in this way because he's gone completely on the record at this point.
0: Now, when you say he's outed, you mean he was fired?
1: No, I meant outed like uh, from a hidden identity to now everybody knows who he is. That's what I mean. Gotcha. But, yeah, he still works at the CDC. They haven't evidently taken any punitive actions. The question is, will he be granted some form of whistleblower status? And we played an audio clip from uh, Barack Obama last week talking about how important it is to protect whistleblowers, but he was only talking about this after the fact of the scandals happening at the VA hospital system.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting to see what happens. But, um, you know, when you're a person like that and you've released that information and you are now still continuing to... Work in the same environment, you know. It's almost like you are being constantly viewed by your peers and yeah. trade. So,
1: well, exactly. You know, well, stick around, Dr. Batar is with us. I'm going to ask him the question that Eric, our pharmacist buddy, has asked him about the relationship, biological plausibility between thimerosal vaccines and ticks. Not the little ticks that bite, but the neurological ticks. So we're going to get that and a lot more after the break. Stick around.
0: Great heavens, what kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert, 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 Robert. Scott, 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 Bell. Let's take a walk on the wild side. Alrighty then. You're everywhere, baby. Radio, TV, the papers. Am I right or am I right or am I right? right, right, right.
1: Robert Scott
0: Bell.
1: Bell. Alright, the CDC whistleblower. The news continues here on Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Uh, the CDC was apparently pressuring Dr. William Thompson, the whistleblower, to exonerate the Marisol and being associated with motor and vocal tics. But to his credit, he did hold firm. And in fact, one of the things he told Brian Hooker is that you should, you should make the mantra, the slash vaccines cause ticks, cause ticks, cause ticks. And he's like, why is that? Why would he say that? And uh, that's what Eric was asking uh, you and me, and particularly you, about the biological plausibility of the thimerosal vaccines causing these so-called vocal and neurological ticks.
0: So is that my cue to answer that?
1: Yeah, I didn't say DRB. Did you notice that?
0: I actually didn't hear that. That's why I was wondering whether there was a cue there or not.
1: I was I trying to make it easy for you, but uh, what can I, I do?
0: Sure. I may need an electric shock collar. That you can just buzz on one end, and then I know I'm supposed to speak.
1: I'm sure so. Deb will enjoy that. I'm calling her next.
0: <laughs> the uh, interesting thing about that comment is, regarding the link between the ticks mm-hmm. and thimerosal, if you understand the mechanism of action that causes the damage from the mercury and mercury causes essentially denudation of the neurofibrils so when you look at a graphic image of the neurofibrils that are essential for the neuron enabled to, for it to be able to work correctly it denudes the myelin sheath it actually basically rips off the insulation think of it as a wire i guess that has a mm-hmm. uh, plastic insulation component on it and if you if you need to like reconnect two wires. You have to rip the plastic covering off first, and then you have the copper um, line, electric line, underneath, and then you twist those and you reconnect them. You know what I'm talking about, right, Robert? Sure. Hopefully, everybody can have that image. Well, the denudation of the neofriables in a very, uh, this is very basic, and it's not quite 100% accurate, but think of the denudation as that insulative coating on the wires being ripped off, so the nerves don't conduct in a focused direction they're just you know if they are going to conduct it it's, it's, uh, not in a it's all over the place it's like electrical activity that's going on but it's not really conducting anything. Think of it as energy that's in an electric wire how it shoots down to a certain place when you flip on the light the light goes on well here's electric electricity is all over the place and it can be very disruptive and it's not powering anything it's just everywhere that's what basically what that denudation of neurofibrils is and so the ticks would be these involuntary, uncontrollable, uh, neurological signals that are being released that causes a muscle to contract, but it's a tick. It's, the person can't control it. So just imagine when you want to do something, you want to scratch your head, you think it, your arm now conducts. Your, your arm basically moves up and you scratch your head, but there's a whole neurological activity that's going on. There's a stimulation from the brain to the nerve telling it what to do. It causes the muscle to contract in a certain controlled and organized manner which then allows the arm to flex and then you scratch your head. But if you don't have that perfect way of conducting that information, that electricity, it's going to be rampant all over, unorganized, and that's what ticks are. Basically, these muscles are contracting, but there's no focused purpose behind it and you can't control it. Mm. So So that's what he's talking about when he's saying that is there any plausibility between ticks and thimerosal. To me, it would be the other question. Show me Mm-hmm. Why thimerosal would not cause ticks? Because it, if you understand the mechanism of action, how mercury causes damage, it's obvious that's what it is.
1: Sure, uh, sure, and you know what Eric was referring to, of course, was the CDC dunderheads that can't seem to uh, figure right. that out. But I would say that they must know it, and they are being pressured not to release it. As evidently, uh, the whistleblower Bill Thompson was pressured not to reveal it. He, he, he listened. He wrote a letter to Julie Gerberding at the time, head of the CDC. And then they took it as an internal uh, human resources matter to shut this thing down. And I think he realized that if he was going to put his head up, it would have been chopped off. And it took many years uh, before Brian Hooker made the connection, And I think, uh, to assuage this man's guilt. He revealed it to Brian. And that's why we are now looking at this study that was released. And then, interestingly enough, they have withdrew, at least from public view, the study, even though it can be found on the Web. Uh, because of what they said was the threat to public health by what the conclusions were. This is an interesting right. thing. They've never pulled an article based on that, not based on the uh, on any wrongdoing or improper, uh, let's say, results or or uh, conclusions, but that the conclusions would be a threat to public health.
0: Right. Exactly. That's very interesting. By the way, you, the comment that you made when you said that they obviously knew it. They clearly know it because Eli Lilly, the manufacturer of thimerosal that manufactures thimerosal and, and actually sells it to all other pharmaceutical companies, Eli Lilly's own material safety data sheet from 1991, June 1991, and I'm happy to provide a copy for anybody that wants it, states clearly that thimerosal is a known neurotoxic substance known to cause severe neurological implications including but not limited to mental retardation. Mm. They say that on their own material safety data sheet in June nineteen ninety one. Just just weeks either before or after, or maybe it's months before or after, the national vaccine initiative that was released in nineteen ninety one that said we're gonna stamp out childhood disease and start inoculating kids on in the first day on the planet. And you know, of course the neurological system is that much more vulnerable at that time and of course the body's own innate natural mechanisms to eliminate uh, mercury, to detoxify mercury are not even fully functional until the first year of life. So now you hit a child on the first day of the planet, their system to get rid of that thimerosal, get rid of that mercury isn't even functional. And before that, children would get vaccines at six months, at a year. But when we change it to the first day on the planet, and that's, there's no, there's no um, uh, mistake here why the correlation of autism was 10,000, one in 10,000 back then, and now one in whatever, 53, one in 60, whatever it is now.
1: hmm Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're literally li- living through the reveal and the struggle, as we've said as well, the death struggle, the fight, the attack. Well, who can we attack? Who can we, how can we distract you from what's really happening here? And, you know, we've seen from the mainstream media some frustration on this because they've, they've even attacked uh, certain aspects of the media, the international media, because there has been some coverage of this. And they're, you know, claiming that any media that covers it in an unapproved manner is being irresponsible. You know, for simply acknowledging what the whistleblower has acknowledged in his own reveal through his lawyer, it's called irresponsible journalism. But what is journalism but reporting the facts that are revealed? And so it tells you how desperate they are to make a claim like that.
0: Yeah, and, and that desperation aspect, Robert, in itself is revealing. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Like, in other words, just the, the entire, I mean, if this was, paint it out as a story, as a, oh, let's say as a documentary that explains really what's happened all along, that would be a great idea, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what happens with that. I'll, I'll, I just realized I probably shouldn't be talking about that right
1: now. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll let you go here. I'm not going to inquire further. But, yes, uh, dropping some good hints. I appreciate that. No, that's great. Uh, there are some more questions of the day. I think there is uh, one here that I sent to you. And it's from somebody claiming to be called UNO, uh, whether it's his real name or not. It says, Dr. Batar mentions using an immune panel on your shows. How is that done? Is it a specialized blood panel or a combination of things? I would appreciate more information. Thank you. So uh, can you help UNO out in referencing what we've discussed before?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the immune panel that I'm talking about, we actually refer to it as a cancer panel one, which is probably a misnomer. We don't want to really say it's for cancer, it can actually be used for any type of immune dysfunction, but it's it's really an immune panel is what it is. And it's part of the laboratory work that I do on cancer patients. Um, You probably remember Robert, Dr. Aristo Vozdani, whose lab was closed down and Dr. Vozdani does excellent work, has many patents and many innovative methods of testing. Uh, The lymphocyte subpopulation was one of four tests when I first met Dr. Vozdani in 1999 and I asked him, if you thought that you could cure cancer. How would you go about proving it? And, of course, he understood what the question for the listeners, they may not understand that question because he's a laboratory analyst. He, uh, you know, he's a diagnostician. So what I was asking was if you thought you could, you could do, for, you know, cure cancer, you think you could actually solve cancer, how would you go about proving that to your contemporaries, to your peer group, to the rest of the medical community? How would you document the findings? What tests would you do is what I was asking him. And mm-hmm. he said, that's easy, and he named off four tests, which is exactly what we started doing back in 1999, uh, to the point that six years later, seven years later, in 2006, when his own mother-in-law had cancer, that's when he called me himself and says, what the hell are you doing? What in God's name are you doing? This This is impossible. This, is, this can't be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the story goes on from there. Dr. Aristo has said to ACAM's, review board for speaking that there's nobody that's doing more powerful work in the immune modulation arena in the field of cancer than we are um, in in our clinic. So what is that cancer panel? There's four components to it. There's a lymphocyte subpopulation, there's a natural killer cell profile, cell cycle analysis, and um, apoptosis. Now, apoptosis and cell cycle and part of the natural killer cell profile, they were down at Dr. Arista Wazani's lab, and that lab was closed down, and that technology to be able to do that is not uh, being utilized right now to the best of my knowledge, although I have heard that Dr. Wozani's recently opened up a lab, so I do have to contact him to uh, see if they're doing those labs now. But the rest of it, the natural killer cell, the rest of the natural killer cell profile, as well as the lymphocyte subpopulation is the mainstay of the immune panel that I'm talking about, or the cancer panel that I'm talking about, that, that the question was about. And basically the lymphocyte subpopulation, lymphocytes are the white blood cells in the body. So lymphocyte subpopulation is looking at the various subpopulations of, of the white blood cells. So mm-hmm. for example, one of the white blood cells is called a B cell. B cells are responsible for making antibodies. They're recognized as a foreign substance, an antigen, you know, it's anything, virus, or bacteria that's foreign, uh, it recognizes that hapten as an antigen, as something foreign. Using that antigen, it creates an antigen receptor site, which is a template off the B cell, and then that template creates um, that, that mold will create antibodies, which is basically looks just like the antigen receptor site, except it's not attached to the B cell. So, an- so B cells are responsible for making antibodies. That's a type of lymphocyte. Then there's also the natural killer cells, which is the uh, the most important type of lymphocyte when it comes to cancer, for example, it's called a natural killer cell because so it's a natural killer. And Robert, get this, do you know mm-hmm. that there have been oncologists that when my patients have gone over some of these blood work with them, the, the oncologist said to the, said to the patient, what's the relevance of a natural killer cell in cancer?
1: <laughs> I, like,
0: what? Well, That's it's why long. it's called a natural killer cell because it's naturally killing. It's a natural right. machine.
1: Well, listen, when all of your uh, methods are unnatural killer cells of all cells, I suppose it is a little awkward to acknowledge that the natural world has something that can take out cancer cells without your toxicological input. Dr. Raja Batar is with us each and every Monday. If you miss a show, among the many places you can get it, it's medicalrewind.com. All the links are up in the show notes, including to Dr. Batars' international best-selling book, The Nine Steps, to keep the doctor away. We'll be back to wrap it up if there are any other questions on the tests. Who else does it perhaps? We'll get to them. Stick around.
0: Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things?
1: It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back. Yeah. in the health world, as we do each and every week, six days a week, just we do it on Mondays with Dr. Rasha Batak. And we're talking about the tests that uh, Uno asked a question about, about the tests that you do, and we were talking about a number of them. One of them was the lymph, what is it, lymphocytic subpopulation, is that the right way to say it?
0: Yeah, the lymphocyte subpopulation, exactly. So okay. just think of it as it's a population of white blood cells, and we look at all the various subpopulations, meaning the different types. So you're going to be looking at the B cells, you look at the natural killer cells, which is uh, CD16 and CD56, natural, the B cells, the CD19, you look at the CD3 cells, the CD4 cells, those are the uh, commonly known as the T helper cells, the T suppressor cells, CD8 cells, so they're all looking at different types of white blood cells that collectively make up all the white blood cells. And, and so the profile will show us specifics as to, it basically indicates specific conditions that a person may be suffering from. For example, in cancer patients, natural killer cells start to drop quickly, and those are, for example, never thought to be able to be recoverable. And that's one of the things we document, how our treatment not only stops the deterioration of the natural killer cells, but actually reverses it, increases it, not only increases the natural killer cells of CD16 and CD56, but also increases the activity per cell. Meaning that not only are you increasing the number of soldiers, you're increasing, increasing the effectiveness of the fighting ability of those soldiers. So there's well, many th- different things like that. I probably don't need to go into any more than that, but basically... Uh, that's, that's the lymphocyte subpopulation. I think that was what the question was regarding.
1: Sure. No, that was good. But the question now is, outside of seeing you, Dr. Bittar, and, and you've got some, so many folks wanting to see you, you've trained and worked with other doctors. Perhaps you're aware for sure of others that would do this test that would give people the confidence that they're having a really decent analysis that's comprehensive.
0: Well, the only time I do that test is in cancer patients or if there's somebody specific that um, we're worried about, immune compromised state. As far as doctors that are using it, Robert, you know that all the doctors that I've trained, most of them, unfortunately, that's one reason we're not doing the training program anymore. Most of them actually are not doing the things. They use They use the treatments for themselves, but a lot of them are scared of doing it because of the ramifications from the boards and such. Um, the test is easily accessible. Uh, you can get that pretty much from any company, any reputable lab company, Quest Diagnostics, uh, LabCorp. They, you can order those tests from there. Any doctor can order them. Um, it's not a specialty test now. Ours, the combination of all the things we wanted, and they, we had to have that profile made up from LabCorp, but Quest has their own standard panel. and They both report basically the same things. So if you go to any doctor and you just tell them you want to, Uh, lymphocyte subpopulation if you call it an immune panel cancer panel they won't know what you're talking about but i think the lab books the directories of the laboratory books list those tests as lymphocyte subpopulation tests
1: great well and also again recommend that if you haven't picked up dr bittar's fantastic book the nine steps to keep the doctor away it gives that comprehensive overview of how to Prevent ever getting cancer, much less reversing it. And of course, you know our good friend Ty has also written about cancer. Step outside the box and features uh, Dr. Batar and his methods. And also, Dr. Batar was featured in uh, "The Truth About Cancer." You know, the the quest continues, as as was I, talking about these basic principles that are seemingly uh, not in existence within the field of modern oncology.
0: And and I believe that one day, Robert, it will be the forefront uh, in the field of oncology and the field of any type of the immune conditions, the the systemic immune conditions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, this will be self-evident one day as we see that truth goes through those phases, and right now they're struggling to hold back this level of truth, and even these facts as they're revealed from insiders. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a struggle, but for many it is. And, of course, the moms and the dads, the families that have been impacted negatively by the vaccine injuries, uh, you know, our heart goes out to you, but at the same time, we're trying to give you some of the tools and the information that you need, and you're digging for better than most every doctor because of what's happened, to go out there and speak the truth so that it cannot be silenced.
0: And that's really a great summary of what my personal mission is. Mm-hmm. Our slogan is, uh, on the wall, making the change the world's waiting for, and that's the reason, Robert, I love being with you every week. and. Uh, in doing this show, because that's exactly what it is. It's letting the world know what it is. It's not being silent. There was an old quote, and I can't remember exactly who said it, but it was a, it is a quote that the only thing necessary for injustice to continue and for evil to continue is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And we just can't do that.
1: Well, we, and not even on a holiday. As I said, I gave you the out, but you wouldn't take it. Dagnam it! So we're here. <laughs> well, now now we're off till tomorrow. till next week, Dr. Rashid Bhatar, again, always great to hang out with you. Look forward to getting together with you. Next time I say DRB, maybe you'll answer. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, Super Don, thanks for making it sound so good. Randy, thanks on the board. Uh, thanks as well, last hour, to our friend from ProjectCBD.org, Martin Lee. And until next week, Dr. Bhatar, what do we got to remind the folks?
0: That the power to heal is absolutely there.
1: Amen. Till tomorrow.
0: The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.